<laughs> Brad can't wait for the rooster call to be on the intro. Mm. I'll make sure it gets in there. Matthew's dog in Vescovy says you missed the front of one on one and then leave your man to play help. I mean, we, we like, should we just let him score, send overtime? Well, you can't give up the three. But, like I said, I think at that point, Viscovi had thought, there's no way they can get that to the corner and a shot off in time. I'm going to go try to win us the game by playing defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that game goes to overtime, do we think we win it? Coin flip? I'm going to go coin flip coin Like flip. at, at yeah, that point. Probably. You know, probably what? I think we probably win. You think we probably win in overtime, even though we had a two-point, potentially a four-point lead with eight seconds to go and still lost? Yeah, I mean, like I would. Vanderbilt would have been pretty confident if they'd have just gotten a layup right there. But no. But I mean, like how many how many times have we seen it in sports where the underdog just you know they hang around and they don't go for the win, they go for the safer option, and try and get it to overtime, but then the better team just you know overpowers them. So that's why you always go for the jugular if you're a team like Vanderbilt in that situation. I mean, I think over. T- I think extra basketball always favors the team that's better, regardless of how bad they were playing up to that point. I don't know. Like you play Vanderbilt tomorrow, you could beat them by thirty. I don't know that we could. Just saying. Uh, what did you think of? Rick Barnes not spending the day with his team. Uh, I haven't heard. It's the first I've heard of it. Fill he, me in. He was on the hill for the uh, like Vols political alumni thing. I don't know how long he was there. I just game day. I don't know if he went like before or after shoot around, but he was at like a political event with Don Plowman and Randy Boyd. Yeah, like I think Bill Lee was there. Oh, it's like it's nice of you to show up, but it almost made it feel like are people complaining? Yeah, it it does kind of give that sense of we're not really worried about this game. I mean, yeah, like obviously you got to go out to eat dinner the night before if you go with the coaching staff. But a lot of coaches on a game day that they they basically stay in their hotel room and watch film. They have a staff meeting. They have a team meeting. Have a team meal. You know, just mm. hmm. like I'm not saying it's the reason we lost, but it doesn't give. You can make it give off like not the best vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I realize we weren't playing, you know, for a national championship or something, but it's like it is a road game against a rival. In the conference, mm-hmm. you're not playing well right now. Maybe an extra couple of hours watching some film, and you, you you know you find just that one little thing that makes a difference on one play. You lost by one point. I don't know. It feels like maybe a couple extra hours of film, maybe a staff meeting. Like you could have found one more point, two more points, either direction, and you know won the game. Did you? So will hold on. I'll get back to this. What are you doing? He's got to answer the big orange Philly phone line. Well, he he shouldn't. Ha- no, not when he starts talking and yeah. then say, "Oh, hold, hang on." Yeah, they could they could just call again. Yeah, it's it's a th- 
It's a foam, brother. I'm all for the fans. You literally sat here during the break and said you hate our fans. Now, our fans. Oh, okay. So, did you guys see Will on Twitter? He sent me this video. Of Will it. on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he sent me the video that the basketball account posted when they were arriving at the arena yesterday. And they just they looked like they were wanting to be anywhere else in the world but in Nashville ready to play Vanderbilt. I mean, Adu looks like he's sleepwalking. Tyreek Key looks like he's going into a shift at UPS. I don't know who that is. Is it maybe because they were just focused? Phillips looks like a kid who lost his mother in the mall. Can you send me this video? I feel like you're just – you tend to over-exaggerate things. I just want to make sure that a lot of players, when they get to the arena, they walk in with a stoic face. You know, it's it's game time. It's gladiator stuff. Yeah, but – Vol says, I think I, – first of all, this I didn't bring this up. It doesn't really bother me. I'm just trying to relate to people right, who right. did. Yeah. But Vol said, I think you care about him not being there because they lost. They win. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but you did lose. Right. So So it matters. So that's why it might matter. Might not. I don't know. What time was the event? No idea. What was it called? Vols on the Hill. Hmm. Hickman, that's a team walking into the locker room. What do you Oh my what like what do you want him to be doing? They just got to the arena. What are they supposed? Well, how would you prefer they walk I, into the I, arena? I don't know, Chris. But it's one of like, those like remember things, the Titans. It's one of those things. If you win the game, nobody cares. Okay, yeah, after, exactly. After you lose the game, when the team looks like they're asleep, oh, when they look, get there, they didn't play like they were asleep. They, they it's like we got down fifty to nothing. It's like oh, they didn't show up. All right, let's go back to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. we got Rusty up next. What's up, Rusty? You're on three and out. How's it going, guys? Morning, buddy. Been a little better before, you know. Yeah, we've, we've had better <laughs> Thursdays. It's, well, anytime it's your show title has to be Therapy Thursday, it's probably not the best uh, best start to the day. Exactly. Um, Listen, I admittedly, I, I, I care way less about basketball than I do um, football in a lot of ways simply because uh, in the situation I'm in, football is easier for me to follow. Uh, basketball, especially with Bob Kessling calling, is a little difficult uh, for a blind person to keep up with. I, you know, you guys might can understand that. Yep. Um, but here, here's kind of where I'm at on this basketball team. A uh, couple of thoughts. Uh, first, I keep hearing people say, why are fans not you know, in, into the basketball team? It has absolutely nothing to do with the team itself for me. Um, I actually appreciate how how hard these guys play for the most part. I, I you know really do appreciate the effort that they give most nights. Appreciate their scrappiness, all of these things. Um, here's the deal, though. I, listen, if I'm just leveling with you guys, I'm not a big Rick Barnes fan, and here's why. Here's why. It has nothing to do with who he is as a person. I feel like anytime someone says something negative regarding Rick Barnes, you have to put the obligatory, he's a good guy. Okay. Yep. Fine. The he's old the old Buzz Peterson uh, precursor. Yeah. Like we yep. just do it every time. You, you almost have to, right? But here's the thing. Um, 
Houston, you brought up three games, and I really appreciated you bringing those up. You brought up Kentucky, you brought up Florida, you brought up Vanderbilt. And that's because from a big-picture standpoint, like athletic department, those are the teams that we really should roll out of the bed ready to beat, correct? Mm -hmm. In every every sport, it doesn't matter. Every sport. It should not matter. I agree completely. Here's the thing. I think I could make a case that Rick Barnes doesn't care. That's how you can stand up there after losing to a Kentucky team that's sleepwalking its way uh, through this entire season. Now you can stand up there and say, you know, he can stand up there and say, Calipari did a great job. That's how, you know, Nate, that's how he gives credit to Jerry Stackhouse, you know, for beating him. I just don't get the sense. That that's how you, you, you are almost – so oblivious that you come out and tell this entire fan base, guys, I'd have gone across the country and coached UCLA. I'd have left you all in a heartbeat. He doesn't care. So I don't know that the fans are so much out on this this team. I'm never going to take it out on a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds. But I will take it out on a 60-year-old that's getting paid $6 million a year to at least convince me that he gives a crap, especially when he comes out afterwards. You know, everybody talks about the last play. Personally, I don't think the last play has a ton to do with this. They they should have been up on that team by a lot. Um, Nate, wasn't Vanderbilt, like, ranked in the 150s in defense? They were down there. Yeah, they – I mean uh, – 178. Top 15 offense, yeah. though, I believe. 49. At least close, yeah. Okay, and I mean, hey, listen, all that the, – the, the bottom line, though, is that we we came into this week going, okay, well, we just played Florida and lost to Florida. But, you know, Florida's a really good defensive team. And, well, we just played Auburn, and it was tight, but we won. But Auburn's a really good defensive team. There's no excuse here. I mean, everybody says, well, but the gym at Memorial is funky. Okay, but somebody I heard on one of the overreaction shows last night, I don't think it was voluntary. I listened to three of them or so. <laughs> somebody said they they went, you know, that was almost a tournament-like uh, atmosphere last night. I hope to God it wasn't because we sure looked like tournament Tennessee. You know, uh, I, I don't know where this team goes. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I look at it, and I know you guys said, what did y'all say, five and two is the ceiling to you guys? Is that, is that right? Seems like it, yeah. Six and one, maybe. I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I think five and two is almost a pipe dream. Looking at how they played last night, that team didn't. They didn't even act like they wanted to be there. And listen, until further notice, I got to always lay that at the head guy's feet. You know, if we're going to put the South Carolina loss on Josh Heupel and say, look, you know, Josh, ultimately you're, you're responsible for a loss, then to me, these losses, we can, we can keep saying, well, Vescovi should have this and Kamwa. Look, Barnes, you got to own it, man. You got to own it. Quit coming out, quit kicking your players afterwards, man. You're the one that coached them. If, if Phillips should have known to just take that ball and dunk it, then there's a reason he did not do that. If that's a five-star player whose instinct should be to know to do that, then my question is, who's coached him to not do that? You know, I, I, I'm not trying to come off. Dear God, it's going to sound like I'm apologizing again. Look, Rick Barnes, you can be as good of a human as you want. But that does not mean that that guy's above criticism. And I feel like far too much this year we've spent trying to say it's great that we're number one in defense. We're beating, you know, we beat Kansas. 
We, but look, there's been flaws in this team the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I just I, I feel like this is the time that we look and this team's got to look itself in the mirror because look that Missouri team. I'm not even saying that we we for sure beat that team. Yeah, that's a really neat offense that that guy runs. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Hey, listen. Hopefully, what happens is we're getting all. What was it? Uh, you guys, you said we're getting our looses out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe maybe we roll into March this year, and the team's like, you know what? Who cares? We've just wasted away in February. So now, hey, let's roll March. I don't know, but I do know that where this needs to start is our head guy. That homeboy needs to take a look in the mirror and say, what can I as the coach do? Not what can the players do. What can I as the coach do to affect the game? So we'll see. Hey, you guys, appreciate the show, man. Thanks, Thanks Rusty. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Like, that's kind of allowed. Does this have like a uh, Butch, and I'm not comparing him to Butch Jones, but like an almost like an infallible system feel to it? Like if they would just do what I say. Yeah, yeah. How how dare you criticize me? I've won all these games. But in in moments, you can't just do the same thing over and over. Like you, there has to be some coaching element there. Um, I mean, it is weird. Like on the Phillips thing, like I, I think Rick Barnes fully expected Julian Phillips to jump up and dunk that ball because when he didn't, he was like, "Well, what are we doing?" Yeah. But why would Phillips second guess that? Like that's kind of weird. Like may, maybe that should be like inherent. But all you all you gotta say, all you gotta say, in the huddle is if you get a layup or a dunk, you take it. You can say that in one second. Yeah. Um, it's out of a timeout. I don't. Do you think? Do you think he situation. doesn't care? Do you think there's some? Uh, and I think that's a. It's kind of a loaded word, but like, I have heard that from people. I think he cares, but not as much as a lot of the fans do. I think he cares about other things. I don't think he cares about. I mean, Jerry Stackhouse after the game was asked, "Is this the biggest win of your tenure at Vanderbilt?" And he said, "Yeah." Absolutely. It feels great. And then immediately went to so much class. Coach Barnes came over and was like, man, I'm super proud of you. Those words mean a lot because I respect that guy so much. I know what he's about. He's about the right things. His team plays the right way and they play at a high level, yada, yada, yada. And he goes on and on and on talking about how, I mean, people love you when 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 they they beat beat you. you. I don't want to be lovable. That's not what sports are, are about. You can be a super nice guy and still coach your ass off and beat the hell like, out of people. Teach your kids yeah. how to be winners, not lovable losers. It's like it's like Rick Barnes has gone too far to the to the to the like, well, molders of men. And that's what that's the Jerry Sackhouse thing. That's why they gave him a raising and said, Well, we just feel like he's really doing a good job with these young men. It's like, okay. But at the end of the day, like Tennessee the Tennessee fans want a winner. Teach your kids how to win. Teach your kids to make the right decision in the moment. Help them. Support them. Be the coach. Be the teacher. Instead of just... I mean, I feel like the best thing Rick Barnes ever did here was stand on a bus and tell Grant and Admiral and those guys, hey, guys, this ain't it. You guys gotta you gotta rededicate yourself. And they kind of did, and they kind of took that, and they almost coached themselves mm. to a great season. Rick Barnes never looks in the mirror. He looks in the mirror and is like, how can I be a better dude today? Like, I don't – maybe this is wrong, 
I don't really care that much about the ins and the outs and the lives of the Tennessee players and if they're good dudes or not because I, I can't impact that. I can't make Julian Phillips a better human being. I don't have that relationship with him. Right? Like, I don't, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't help him I, do that. And just to be clear, you're not saying, like, I don't care if they're drug dealers or murderers, right. but. I'm just saying, I can't, I, I have no impact on whether he's a good person or not. Rick Barnes does. But me as a fan wants to see them win basketball games. Like, in a way, the, the players are kind of like just a number in a, in a, t- or a, a character in a TV show to fans or a number in a video game. Like I don't chess piece. Like like I'm glad that our coach does things the right way. That's an added that's like a but in college athletics the way it's structured now that's like an added bonus. That's not this isn't upward basketball where they're like 6 years old and we want to teach them how to like treat people nice. That should just come with it. That should just be part of it. Mm. Rick Rick Barnes coaches this team and some of his previous teams like when he took this job, that he was already perfectly content with everything he's accomplished in his career and that he is doing it solely just because he likes mentoring young men, being around basketball. And it's 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 like he's out here not coaching to take that next step in his career. It's like, you know, I've done everything that I feel like I've wanted to accomplish. Like I'm, I'm happy with yeah, what like, I've accomplished to this point. And the players take on the personality of their coach, and that's the problem. I'm glad the players are nice dudes. I'm glad they're good dudes. I can't impact that. Rick Barnes does, and I'm glad. And like that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we say like, and I think that's Rusty's frustration when we get to the point where we don't care whether we beat Kentucky or Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. or maybe not caring is the wrong way to put it, but not caring enough. You, when it doesn't pain you, right? Mike Shashevsky always said. I hate to lose. Yeah. I don't even really care that much about winning. I just can't stand to be a loser. I can't stand it. Yep. It just eats me. I can't like those are the coaches that are that become great. That's the Michael Jordan mentality. You know, the LeBron James mentality is I'll just go find a place to be a winner. I like winning. The people that are really great cannot stand to lose. Mm-hmm. Rick Barnes loses on the, on the reg and just walks up and like, I'm so proud of you, Jerry. I'm so proud of you, Cal. This win will probably get you in the tourney. We would kill Josh Heupel if he did that. Kill him. If Josh Heupel walked to the midfield and shook Shane Beamer's hand as he bleeped away a chance at the playoff and said, Shane, I'm so proud of you, man. I know it's been a tough season. You're really getting these guys on the right track. Glad your guys played well tonight. We would we would destroy that guy for that. Why is it different with basketball? We had a chance to end Kentucky's season, to keep them out of the tournament. They have a signature win over us. We just They, they asked Jerry Sackhouse, is this the biggest win of your tenure? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is, this is incredible. We had a chance to rip their throat out. It's just the only win of his tenure that has any merit, you know? God, it's embarrassing. If Rick Barnes had gone to the podium with his tie disheveled and his hair all messed up and, wear and, and looked like that, you know, somebody that, he, that his dog died, I'd appreciate it more. I think I think that's it. Like I I actually don't have a problem with him like saying to Jerry Stackhouse like I'm proud of you, but then to come to the podium and not look disgusted. And be furious with yourself, 
your team, your staff. I mean, <laughs> I need a we got to be better moment. I need him to come and be like, this was not good enough. Well, you know what else I think would have helped? If he says, I want to apologize to half of that arena tonight that, that was Tennessee fans and came out and watched this play. You deserve better. We should have finished that off. You know, like, somebody said this on a volunteer reaction. It may have been after Auburn. It may have been after Florida. He said, like, Tony Vitello, the fans love him, and he loves them right back. Like, he praises the fans all the time. Like, so much that he's like, we need a bigger, better stadium for our fans, which will then in turn help our team. Heupel after the big wins over Florida and Alabama sits out there and says, this is as good as it gets. I mean, I'm not saying he's never said it, but Rick Barnes has said, like, our, our home, he, he just says it in a way that feels like I have to say this, like it, like it checks the box. Our fans are great. This is one of the best environments in college basketball. Like, that's the difference. Like, one of the best versus the best. Like, Tony Vitello, what does he say? He's like, this isn't the biggest place Mm-hmm. in the country, but it's the best place. Josh Heupel, this is the best it gets. This is as good as you will find in college football. Rick Barnes says, this was really good tonight. Like It's, it's just different. It's, it's relating to fans. It's building trust and building that relationship with the coach, the players, and the team. And I don't, I don't know. It, it I don't know if that is Rick Barnes saying, guys, when we play, we just put the blinders on. It's all about, you know, 94 feet and what your job is. But, like, I, you can do that if you're Nick Saban and you've got title after title after title after title because you're winning every game and the fans don't care. But when you when you disappoint in March and your best teams have just fall-apart games when it matters, and, the, like, I mean – Three weeks ago, people were saying this is the best Tennessee team ever. And and one of my like one of my main complaints I had with that originally is people, and like, I mean, this is also it's a good and it's a bad thing. Like, it's good in terms of you know Tennessee. You know, you can't count them out for making a deep run in March because it's so wide open. But yeah, when people point to this being the worst top fifty in college basketball, and I don't know how long, like we're a part of that top fifty. So like, how mm-hmm. could you have said we're so good and best team ever? It just made no sense. But I mean, that's a good thing for us is that you can beat anybody once you're in the dance, but No, that that is a good thing. Like I I don't think there's a if Tennessee plays their best basketball, I don't think there's a team they can't beat. Now, if they run up against Purdue who also plays their ba- best basketball, sure, they could lose. But I guess that's the that's the thing is the 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 wide swings of inconsistency. You talked about floor and ceiling yesterday. It's unbelievable with this team. It's unbelievable. Like, our, you said our range is like a 20 to a 90. Like, that's insane. And it, what's what's even more insane to Hickman's point is, like, we could play like a 35 out of 100 game and still win if you play that, you know, if you play well on defense. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. All that's, like, it, it still comes back to, I think Rusty made a really good point. Like, do you, do you care? Like, does losing eat? you alive do you care that you let down the tennessee fan base I don't... it doesn't it doesn't feel like it and I'm, I'm not saying like every coach should just like 
fluff the fan base at every opportunity. I'm, right. I'm not saying that. But last night especially. Like, you know, if, if this hadn't been Vanderbilt, but it had been a similar streak over Ole Miss, whatever, right? And you go there, and there's 500 fans. Like, I don't expect them to be like, thanks thanks to those 500 fans that came down. But do you remember Bruce Pearl's first year when we went to Georgia? And we sold thousands of tickets, and he sent the players up into the stands after the game, and he spent his entire radio show saying, we don't win today without these guys down here. Mm. Like, Tennessee fans, and I, I realize most of them didn't quote-unquote travel, but they came to see you. And for a lot of those people, that's the only chance they're going to get all year to see you. You know, maybe the Colorado tickets were too high and the SEC tournament's too expensive. But, man, they could get they could get a pretty cheap ticket to this Vanderbilt game because they're not very good. They're not very good. And you went in there and you lost to them. And then you, you didn't take any accountability. You threw Julian Phillips under the bus. Like, that's that grinds a lot of people the wrong way. And then, not to mention... As Rusty said, like the whole UCLA thing, like I'm over that. But then when you when you see this last night happen, and then you think back to that, it just compounds. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy was <laughs> Tony Vitello had the LSU job if he wanted it, and he said, Mm-mm, "I'm staying here." Like it, it matters. And Rick Barnes was like, "Oh yeah, if they paid my buyout, I was gone." It's like what? It's like why doesn't this place matter to you? As much. Why why like you're here now. Why can't yeah. this place matter? What like, oh UCLA, that was a storied program. That was that was my dream job. Well like now you have your dream job. You're making more money than every coach in the country, but like one or two. Like what more is there to do other than to take this place to a place it's never been? To take yourself to a place you've never been as a coach. To get to a final four, to get to a championship game, to win it. How many years ago was it? Like, we have to take the next step as a program. We're not taking the next step. Phase two. He said, we got to get to phase two. We're not there. And, we're, and we've lost now to Kentucky, Florida, and Vanderbilt. And, and I, none of those teams are good. And I, I'm telling you, if it had been... We're talking about non-tournament teams. Mm-hmm. Two out of the three teams yeah. are non-tournament teams. If it had been Ole Miss on the road at Mississippi State, at South Carolina... I don't think I don't think people feel the same way. But when it's those three teams and the reaction every time isn't this isn't good enough. Yeah, this has to be better. Like I I think it just I think it rubs people the wrong way, and I, and I totally get it. We'll come back with more hour three. Last call for phone calls eight six five five four six eighty two hundred. Stick with us right here on three now. I'm on call. Right back to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. We got Matthew up next. What's up, Matthew? You're on three and out. Hey guys, happy uh, Therapy Thursday, I guess. Therapy Thursday. Doctor Fraser Crane, I'm listening. <laughs> so I was telling Adam while y'all were at break. I actually have not watched the game yet. I was at the Stars game last night, and do Just I even want to rewatch that game? Do what? Yeah. I said, do I even want to rewatch that? Is there any good basketball to find in that yeah. game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the funnest game of the year, according to Bob Kessler. <laughs> what? He said that? Oh, Hickman said that. He said, it, it was really fun to watch until it wasn't. 
I mean, so Billy and I were chatting in the group last night or this morning. I'm still catching up on the game itself, but on that initial play, like we were arguing back and forth on Olivier basically is the first man responsible for letting him, I guess, get out of position. Mm-hmm. And then with the Kai Ziegler, you know, being who he is, he kind of gets beat on the initial right, right step. So I can kind of see where they're going back and forth, but I still kind of lean towards let the contested two go and go to overtime. Like I, I, I know Santiago was doing the right thing for his teammates and wanted to win it for us, but like I just disagree with the idea that if you let the game go to overtime, as, as Adam said, the better team will eventually win. No, no, I, I think that's a really interesting point, and, and that's what we were discussing. I think it was the first hour. I think in his mind. Vescovy said, okay, we're not going to lose. There's not enough time for this guy to get to the rim, kick it to the corner, and him to get his shot off. Like He played like a gut feel with how much time was on the clock. He said, we're not going to lose, so now I'm going to go try to help us win. And that guy, to his credit, threw it just as hard and as accurate as he possibly could, and that guy got the shot off with .1 seconds. I'm with you. If, like... If the guy's running wide open, I don't think Viscovi leaves, but he had Zakai on his hip, and I just think I think Zakai thought he's going for the layup, he's going for the layup. You know, I'm gonna go try to win us the game because we already can't lose it. There's not enough time. And the guy made I mean, a hell of a pass. Hit him right in the shooting you know, the shooting pocket, and he was able to just take a little half step and put it in. So I asked Rob, though, was there, I guess, an out-of-bounds play where they readjusted the clock? Because that seems to be a a crucial factor, too. Uh, Well, it was the timeout. There may have been one before that one, too. But it was the timeout that Vanderbilt took when they crossed half court to set up the last play. They went back and checked the clock, and I think they put, like, .8 back on the clock, which I'm assuming that was right. I really don't know. Um, they They didn't show the replay of all the stoppages and, you know, how much time there was when the whistle blew or when the timeout was signaled. So, I don't know. I, I'm i assuming they got that right, but I guess somebody with better footage could give you a more accurate answer. Off the initial stat sheet, I mean, it looks like Tyreek Key finally came into full form or at least lived up to some of his, like, potential. I mean, off the bench, 14 points seems to be fairly adequate. But to no one's surprise, as Nate has said before, Josiah was very uh, – lackluster and very streaky it seems like last night was he just not able to get into rhythm or was he just I don't know I'm seeing one for seven and two points just kind of scares me a little bit well he keeps wanting to be a three-point shooter and he's just not um I think his one shot was a free throw line jumper mm-hmm. um in it was in the second half but yeah he he's he does a lot of things really well he's not a scorer at all I mean, he needs to honestly sit back and take a page from Robert Hubbs of Humble Pie and just start playing with his. I know Nate and I maybe disagree on this, but he needs to develop into more of a, a mid-range, live-in-the-paint kind of post-up player. I know mm-hmm. that it's, I know it's not a, a high-presented shot when he does that, that fadeaway, but it just seems to have been – I just didn't feel like those two players are so similar in their offensive style. But the last thing I'll say, and I'll hang up on this, is I guess with this team is – inconsistency on the offensive side of the ball. Do we feel it's just a lack of depth at the guard position at point guard specifically, or do we just think that our bigs aren't as talented as we think they are? Thanks, guys. Go Vols.
I think with the bigs, it's all matchup dependent. I mean, we've seen Kumwa dominate. We've seen once. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's not One very time. often. Uh, like Plovzic dominated Kentucky. I don't. I don't think they're that good. I mean, I, I don't. Think. I don't think they're that good. I think it's matchup dependent. Like if they get a favorable matchup, they're pretty good. I don't think we have a lot of explosion mm-hmm. on this team. I don't think. I don't think we're very fast. And where we are fast, we're small. Like Zakai, fast, quick, small, can't finish at the rim. So his explosion is really good on defense because he can get in passing lanes and mm-hmm. you know he can push the ball up the court. But when he gets in the paint, because of his lack of height, he's not. He's not a guy who can explode to the rim and finish. A la Kennedy Chandler. Right. Um, Julian Phillips is a great athlete. He can jump, but as far as foot speed, I don't I don't view him as an explosive athlete. Great jumper. You know, he's he's not slow, but he's not an ex, like an explosive attacker of the basket. He he's kind of a finesse guy getting to the rim. Yeah. And then he kind of is finesse the way he finishes. Now again, the guy can soar and slam it, except when he doesn't. But I, I just don't think we have explosion. Like, you look at Josiah and you think, oh, that guy's got to be explosive. Josiah, like you said, like he can't dribble. He gets wide open layups and like has to check his feet. Guess how many shots Josiah took in the paint last night? Out of his seven. One? One, and he made it. Yeah. He took three threes, and he took three shots outside the paint um, that he missed. If you extended the free throw line as if it was an arc, would they be in the quote-unquote paint? No. So they were like just well, inside the three point line. One might be on the line. There, the other, the other two misses. Well, one was in the half arc between the three point line and the free throw line that he okay. missed, and the other two were short corner, ish. So and it would have been about a free throw length. Closer shot. one would have been free throw. The other one's the worst shot in basketball. It's like two feet inside the three point line. Rip Pitino used to bench people for that shot. Yeah. Especially when you can't make it. I mean. Well, and it's weird. It's so weird to me how this team. They'll they'll take a shot on one possession and make it, and then they'll get a better look two possessions later. Same player, and, not, and they'll turn that one down. Yeah. I, it it's like when we run certain calls, certain action, we're looking for a certain shot, so we will pass up a pretty good like Adu last night. He hits that free throw line jumper. Pass another one up, and then he, yeah, he'll pass the next one up. He'll pass up a shorter look the next time when he's wide open because he's like, oh no, we got to keep running the action for this shot. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like we don't take quality looks depending on what we're running. It is it, it is the most baffling thing. Like, there are certain teams where if a guy, if anybody on that team basically catches it in a certain spot and they're open, like the shot's going to go up. We have guys that routinely make a shot or take a shot, and then we'll pass that same shot or even slightly better shots up the next few times down the court. It, it, it's like we don't know what we want to be. Yeah, We don't know where we want to get shots. We want to get good shots, but we pass up good shots to get good shots. And our on our shot chart, I'm sure it's like this in most games, is still way too spread out inside the arc. Like other teams are shooting threes and right at the basket, and we still have this mm-hmm. like – this spread, and a lot of those are misses, you know, that aren't around the basket. Mm-hmm. It's bad analytics, but we don't believe in analytics because we're old school, you know. It's just it, it's like we work for a good shot, but we don't. Ha- Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. but we don't have the. We don't know where that good shot's going to come from, or where we even want it to come from. Right. We just have to. We have to work so hard to even decide when to shoot it. Yes. 
You shouldn't have to decide when to shoot. Like open, it just be your instinct. Open threes, I'm pretty much good with all of them. In rhythm threes. Yeah. But our other shots, we can't decide if we want them to be layups, in the paint, mid-range jump. Like, we're just kind of anywhere. Now, we don't want to take a bunch right inside the three-point line. But it's like we get within eight, eight to ten feet of the paint, and sometimes it's a good-looking shot and sometimes it's not. But it's in the eye of the beholder, and that eye will change on a given position. It's like the weirdest thing ever. And again, I, I we really lack a guy. Yeah. And I, we did it again. Like it happened again last night, early in the game. Boom, Phillips. He's got a smaller guard on him. Go to work. Goes to work. Gets a layup, and then he he, he disappears. Like he plays great defense. Julian, watch him play defense. He's a great defender. But when it comes to off, it's like we try to get him going offensively. One play, it worked. Never do it again. It's like we we want to find so many different things that work, we don't just keep going back to the thing that does. It's, unless it's that lob play, which we tried five times last night. Scored one time on it. Yeah. All right, final segment of the program. Stick with us right here on 3 Now. Final segment of the program. Oh, the program. Well, let me see it. Says the guy sign up for an account. Mm. Hmm. That's a shame. Hmm. Chris, sign up. Are you logged in over there on the right? Did somebody log in on the? Uh... I got the idea. There's shotquality.com. Uh, Josiah's one of the worst. Shot takers on the team, allegedly, according, according to this. Saying on the teams, you being very generous too, in the country. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Don't get mad at Hickman. He's got a point there. Uh, Tennessee, Only I'm allowed to get mad. Tennessee at him. is actually ninth in the country in their adjusted shot quality, so we take good shots. Oh, that's even scarier. It's we can't shoot. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like man, this however, team. Man, they take good shots. However, our rim, they don't make them. Our rim and three rate, which is the percent of your shots that happen either at the rim or from three, is two hundred fortieth in the country. What? We are two hundred forty. So we're doing the mid range thing again. Yes, and not hitting even them. with this team that. The beginning of the season, we're like, man, we're going to take a lot of threes and shots at the basket. There shouldn't be mid-range on this team I anymore. Mean, look, look at Kumwa. Look at how many he takes from the mid-range. And not even including just Josiah. He's probably your best mid-range shooter. Even ZZ takes a decent amount of mid-range shots. Yeah, he took a good one last night that just rimmed out. I mean, Adu took a good one. I mean, he can't turn that look down, though. Alabama guys are like 85 and over percent. Alabama shoots 89% of their shots at the rim or from three. Yep. They only shoot 11% in the mid-range. It's Tennessee, almost like there's something to that. Tennessee shoots 75% rim and three. They take Tennessee takes 20, a, a fourth of their shots comes in no man's land. Brandon Miller's sec, second worst on the team, and he's 
taking shots either. That's that's a he's also the best three-point shooter in the conference. Yeah. That's a philosophy. And probably yeah. shoots the most of them. Yeah, I think he does, actually. Yeah, that's a philosophical problem. But, I mean, mm-hmm. they just got athletes, though. I mean, even just looking, like, I know Josiah's chiseled and a physical specimen, but like we don't have anybody who can attack the basket and get by his man like Kennedy Chandler well, could last year. Yeah. Or we start to get past him, and then we just stop and pull up. Or pass. Yeah, or, that happens with Phillips and Josiah. And, like, poor Ziegler has to shoot a floater every time in the lane, and I don't feel like his percentage is very good when he tries it. I don't think it is either. Because he can't get all the way to the basket. He doesn't take many, but it does feel like he hits, like, one out of three. Yeah. Well, Josiah Which, doesn't have any type of – finishing game around the rim like that's what you know Matt Matthew calls in like I think you should be like hubs and play back to the basket I mean that kid's never made a post move in his life mm. like if we were going to develop him into a post player we should have done that three years ago yeah he looks like a physical guy like he could just go up and make contact get drop the, step and line. just score all over put somebody. his shoulder just, down yeah, yeah. But, but he can't he doesn't get to the line <laughs> I feel like he's like a, he's like a guy that can't dance like he got two left feet like he, he doesn't he doesn't move right around the basket. That's one thing me and him both struggle that. with. Maybe, maybe that's why this team doesn't do like the dance videos, like the Grant Admiral and. We can't dance. We Grant. can't dance. Maybe no we rhythm. Can bring in Zeb and get some footwork. Seriously. Going. Yeah. Maybe that's. Maybe maybe don't don't run suicides well, you, like, today. You, you like said it the other the, day, the and it, it sounded funny, but I knew exactly what you meant. Like he has no rhythm. Yeah. Like when it comes to footwork in basketball, it really is a these, rhythmic these thing. These guys Euro-stepping on people? Mm-hmm. Like Arkansas ha- the other night. Oh, my gosh. Those guys are so long. Dude, they'll pick up their dribble at the NBA line two steps later, and they're finger-rolling it in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, our guys never do that. No, we have to take two, like, collection dribbles, shuffle our feet, and then... And then, and turn, then, and then turn down the dunk and dribble it out. Yeah. Okay. Well... <laughs> I feel like ah! if, I think if Phillips said that one to do over oh, again, no, he probably so posterizes somebody, gets fouled, hits the free throw, we win by five. I hate that people are dogging on him. It, it was the decision that he made, and because of the way the game ended, it was the wrong decision. But Nate and I were breaking it down. Like, If you inbound the ball, pass around a little bit twice, know, and I run know. the clock out, and Vanderbilt never gets the shot off, People are like, that Julian Phillips, that was a gutsy call, but it was the right one because Tennessee executed and ran the clock out. Vanderbilt never got the ball back. Well, and that's what I was telling you during the break. Like, Wright comes in when he goes under the basket and slaps him, and they don't call the foul, but Phillips kind of lets up, yeah. thinking they're going to call the he foul. Kept if going. he if he pulls out and they don't call that foul and he fires it back across the court to to Ziegler or Vescovy and another four seconds go off. And if we run better inbounds yeah. plays I mean, to run more clock. To get guys running away with the yeah. basketball as they catch it. At some point, when the clock hits like four seconds, just chuck that sucker in the air as high as you can. Somebody tried – I think it was an NBA game. This was Give like five years ago. Yep. He, he he It was like five. He throws it straight up in the air. And the dude just waits on it. And the clock's going, the clock's going. He catches it, he fires it from half court, tie game, they go to overtime. I think they lost. <laughs> so – Three no, seconds. Well, maybe. that's no, that's what I was saying. Like when the one we called a timeout on, when we almost got the five second, Kumwa releases to the other basket. I'm like, if he catches that, because his defender didn't go with him. Yeah. If he catches that and just stands there, there's eight seconds. He can. It'll take that guy three, four to get to him. If right before he gets to him, he just chucks it up in the air back towards our rim. That's another two, three seconds. And then if they foul him after he's already thrown it, that's intentional. We get the ball back. Like there, there is there is game within the game that it. it I'm not saying you want to do that every time. You don't want to try to you know outthink yourself. But 
he ran out of place to draw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to do it. Well, that's a good point, too. I mean, we did have to do six inbounds plays in a matter of no time. I mean, there was 10.2 seconds left. And, yeah, I mean, you, you should be able to run the clock down more and then obviously get fouled. Was that a quad three loss? Probably. No, no, I'm sorry. This is the highlight. That skipped over fouls. That mm-hmm. was their fifth foul. Yeah. So you had no, two it, more it's, times. No, it skipped one. You yeah. had two more times. Oh, my goodness. Well, a loss is a loss. It's February. You got games to bounce back. They'll probably win one we're not expecting them to, and then get to March and just see what happens. At least tomorrow's Friday. We'll get you set for Missouri, the weekend, the Super Bowl, all those good things. Keep it locked in for more Fan Run Radio. The Blitz is next.